In today's episode, I'm going to share why your personal development is falling flat. If you've invested into your growth and still not seeing a high dollar transformation, then you'll want to stick around. I'm going to tell you why and how to fix it. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman, and I hope you're having a great day. I want to talk to you about why your personal development is falling flat, and especially if you've made an investment into your personal growth and you're not seeing the return on the investment that you'd like to see. Um, essentially, if you're someone who's trying to get a high dollar transformation off low value content, it's always going to fall flat. And what I mean by that is if you're looking to get, if you're using free content or low level content as far as like purchasing books and reading them and trying to get a high level transformation, it's going to be very difficult. You're probably going to feel stuck and see very slow progress, which is fine. You don't have to move fast, but is it a question of, are you moving slow because you're intentionally moving slow or are you moving slow because you've put a limit on yourself based on what you've invested in? And moving slow and feeling stuck leads to feelings of just being doubtful in what you're pursuing. There's this frustration or even you can get burned out. If you've read a lot of books and tried to apply these principles and still don't quite understand and just seem to be hitting a wall and not seeing success, there can be this feeling of like you're disillusioned. Like, is this, and what I really going after, does it make sense? Is it really possible? Is this for someone like me or can... Can only these superstars who wrote this book, can they only succeed at this level? And I've been there and it's just a disheartening feeling. If you don't do something about it, you could spend the rest of your life missing out on growth, feeling like there's something wrong with you. When there's really nothing wrong with you, you are fully capable to grow, to step into that God-given assignment. But there's one missing piece. And the missing piece is making an investment that pushes you past discomfort. So my story is I, for the longest time, I've got tons of books on my shelves. For the longest time, I would binge on free content, listen to podcasts like this. I would read books, you know, be willing to make a $20 investment, $30 investment into books. And I would, I would try to implement these principles and get this huge transformation, you know, whether it be starting a business or learning a new skill, like, trading in the stock market or, you know, something like that. I would, I would invest at such a small level, a level that felt safe to me and wanted to see, you know, thousand dollar, million dollar results, but I was only willing to put in, you know, 20 bucks. And then finally, my wife and I moved up to a phase where we were willing to put in hundreds of dollars where we would buy tickets to this conference. And, you know, they were like $500 or something um, at the most, maybe a thousand dollars, which felt like a lot to us at the time. And after a while, we would go to these conferences. I remember one we we missed half of it, like we chose not to go 
because we were in Orlando and we felt like the time was going to be higher quality time as a husband and wife, you know, walking around Disney World, talking about our goals, talking about our vision. And we'd spent, I don't know, $700, $800 to attend this conference and we're not even, we're not even going. And there's this idea that it's like that money was money that we could afford to to lose or not. There wasn't this sense of urgency to get a high level transformation or return on that investment, especially towards the end of when we were going to those conferences because we'd gotten comfortable there. And so we weren't investing in ourselves to a level that was pushing us past our comfort zone. And I remember in 2019, my wife started her coaching program and she made a significant investment into a coaching program. She made an investment of $15,000. That was different. That pushed us past our comfort zone and it caused us to make a change in such a way to be committed, to be invested, where we have started to see a return on that investment. Because if you don't invest outside of your comfort zone, you get stuck in believing your story. And when I say believing your story, the story that you're telling yourself that you're not good enough or that you can't do it, or this is only for a certain amount of people. Because the the financial investment that you've made hasn't caused you enough discomfort to actually truly make the change. So you believe the story that this isn't for you, that you can't do it, and you don't get change. Versus if you make a large investment, it prompts you to change. You hold yourself accountable because you have the thought and feeling, at least we did, I need to make that money back. I need to get a return on that investment because I may not have had that money to spend. And at the time, we didn't. We did something that we had never done before. We put money on a credit card to invest in that program, and we carried a a balance on our credit card for a little while, which we were both trained to pay off the bill every month. And yet we saw the opportunity to make an investment into ourselves and into our business where we were willing to get out of our comfort zone. And because we got out of our comfort zone, it pushed us to become more and to become the people who could grow a business, the people who could sign clients, the people that could move into a place that was going to help people get transformation and get change because we went first. And that started with an investment into ourselves that we had never done before that was radical to us. And so when I look at this idea and when I look at this concept, a few verses come to mind. One verse is in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and it says, remember this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So think about what that's saying. In the context of that verse, Paul is talking to the Corinthians about giving. But think about the concept of just money being seed. And whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And I think that that's just a law or the way that God created the world is that if you sow sparingly or if you invest small into your personal development, then you'll reap small. However, if you sow generously into your personal development, then you'll also reap generously. Another verse that I think of was when David went to go buy the land to build the temple on, 
2 Samuel 24, 24, David answers the the guy who owns the land. His name is Aruna, who says, no, I'll just give you the land. And David says, no, I insist on buying it from you for a price. For I will not offer to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 20 ounces of silver. So David understood this concept. That in order for me to get great value from this, it's going to need to cost me something. Because if I received this land for free, I'm not going to be invested. It's going to impact my worship. And so sometimes, especially in the Christian, the Western Christian culture, there's this idea that the most loving thing to do is to not charge something or to give something away for free. That's what a good Christian would do. And I want to challenge that point because I've seen the biggest transformation comes when people have the most invested. So when you when you pay a bigger dollar amount for your personal development, you pay attention when you pay. There's something different about it. So let's go back to the analogy of the seed in that verse of those who sow sparingly will also reap sparingly, and those who sow generously will also reap generously. The verse in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Now think of it from a farmer's perspective. If a farmer were to go plant 10 seeds in the ground, or even if we if they were to plant 100 seeds, how invested would they be into that harvest? Would they be excited? Maybe, maybe not. But I would, if that were me and I were working all season to harvest 10 seeds, I don't know how motivated I would be. Now flip it around. What if they plant 10,000 seeds into the ground? How invested are they into reaping that harvest? They're very invested. Absolutely invested. And they know it's going to take a lot of work. And they're going to be held accountable to get up and bring in the harvest of those 10,000 seeds. But they know that's their livelihood. That's that's what they're going to eat. And I'd say the same is true with money. If you invest a quote-unquote safe amount of money where regardless of the result that you get, it'll always be okay. And you know in the back of your mind that it's fine if you don't get transformation because that money was money you could lose. That's why you're not getting transformation. may not be the only reason why, but it is a reason why you're not getting transformation because you're playing it safe and your brain subconsciously knows that it's okay if you don't get transformation, if you don't get the change, because you know it knows you'll be okay. It knows you'll be safe. It knows that you can afford to lose that money. So I want to ask you, When it comes to your personal growth, when it comes to investing into yourself to reach your goals, do you invest slightly outside of your comfort zone? Are you willing to invest an amount where you know that you need to make it happen? That that amount that is on the line holds you accountable to getting results because it was outside of your comfort zone that you have to earn it back. You have to get a return on your investment. Have you ever invested that way? Because if you're struggling to see results, if you're trying to get high 
value transformation off low value investment. That's just not how it works. And so I want to encourage you, what, what is stopping you from making an investment that's slightly outside your comfort zone in order for you to reach your goals and be held accountable to it? Is it fear? Is it not wanting to be held accountable? Knowing that you can go through the motions, make an investment, and have that investment look like you're serious? but not necessarily be fully in the game, really really ask yourself, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for your goals? What would be an investment that's outside of your comfort zone? Because if you want big transformation, it takes risk to get there. It takes a big investment. I remember listening to a story who's from a guy named Russell Brunson who's a great marketer. And he was sharing a story about how he was at a mastermind event that in order to be at that event, it cost $100,000. So here, one of the best marketers in the world, one of the best businessmen in the world, knows that in order to get huge transformation or to continue to grow, it comes at a higher price because he knows the more he pays, the more he'll pay attention. The more it will require him to hold himself accountable. Does your personal growth, do your results, do they match the size of the investment that you've made into yourself? Really evaluate that. Evaluate what is your expectation? Are you expecting big things to come out of a small investment? You know, those feelings of being doubtful and disheartened, are those present just because you have a bad expectation of getting more return on your investment than what's truly possible? If so, I would encourage you to find a number. Find a number that is slightly outside your comfort zone that you know would hold you accountable when it comes to your personal growth, when it comes to getting a change, when it comes to getting a transformation. What is that number? Is it 1,000? Is it 5,000? Is it 10,000? Maybe 30,000? And I'm not telling you that you need to go invest that, but if you're unwilling to, then really examine how dedicated are you to reach that goal? Is that goal worth it to you? And if it's not, that's fine. But if it is worth it, putting an investment on the table that makes you feel a little uncomfortable is gonna help you get that transformation unlike any other thing that's out there. And so if you're choosing to play it safe, choosing only to invest money that you can lose, you're never gonna be able to get to your highest level potential. You're never gonna be able to max it out because you're not gonna put in everything that you have because your mind subconsciously knows that it doesn't have to because you will survive. You could afford to lose that money, and so it's okay. But what could be possible? What could you uncover and learn about yourself if you made an investment outside of your comfort zone and rose up and became the person that God knows that you can be, who, who he created you to be, and proved to yourself that you can do it? You can't hit your goals because, friend, it's, it's right there. I know you can do it. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please rate the show, subscribe, and or leave a review. The ratings and reviews help make the show better as well as get more exposure to help more people. And remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. Go rule that assignment. Serve his people. 
Hey everyone, it's Tom again, and I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, Life Purpose Roadmap, at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. In today's episode, I want to share a personal story about how God is showing me how his kingdom works here on earth as it is in heaven. If you want to experience God's kingdom on earth, but confused with how it works, stay tuned and I hope my experience can bring you hope. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman and I hope you are doing well. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than maybe the ones I've done in the past. I want to share a personal experience, a personal story, what God has been doing in my life and revealing to me how his kingdom works. So if you're someone that believes things could be better, but just kind of confused how how all of it kind of fits together, you read, you're reading in the Bible, you're seeing God and Jesus do amazing things in the New Testament, but when you're looking at your present day maybe you don't see those same things happening. And that that can cause either confusion, doubt, frustration. It can cause a lot of pain if you've seen people that you love go through a lot of pain and you're doubting, where is God? Why isn't he showing up? It It can be challenging. It can be difficult when you see people struggle financially. And you know that there are verses where God says that he will take care of all of our needs. You know, or if I was talking with a friend recently, you know, if God says that he heals and you've seen people pray for healing and it's not coming through, that can cause a lot of just frustration and even anger with God. And, and I was there, I... I was frustrated with understanding how things were supposed to work when it came to just operating in God's kingdom because Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And he just, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about, you know, how the lilies of the field and the birds of the air are clothed more beautifully than Solomon was. And I, like I said, I was frustrated. I didn't understand knowing that maybe there was something more that I hadn't learned growing up as a believer. Maybe there was something more, but I was also very turned off by what you would say, like, is the name it and claim it type gospel where people just say, I I receive this in the name of Jesus and then just expect for things to show up. 
or things to happen. And so I was very turned off by that. I was very cynical. I was very judgmental. And and I didn't know what to do with it because I wasn't seeing results in my life that reflected God's kingdom in the way that Jesus taught it. I mean, I didn't have a, a bad life, but it's like I wanted to see... I wanted to see radical things happen. I wanted to see him work in radical ways. And I felt, I felt bound. I felt in bondage in certain times, either by my religious thinking or even financially. Um, In the beginning of 2020, my wife and I took in faith, we felt we were in prayer, feeling that this is where God was leading us to become full-time entrepreneurs. So I left my corporate job and we we struggled to create revenue through our business. And I felt so frustrated and I felt scared. I was afraid. We were going through savings. And there was just this idea and this thought of like, God, I'm I'm walking out in faith. I'm starting this. I'm moving forward in business. And I'm doing this because I want to change just the trajectory of my kids' future. I want to teach my my four boys how to be producers, how to like be able to create an income and be providers for their family that that doesn't create dependency. Because all I had known was being dependent on a corporation. It's like I want to I want to create a platform for like my ceiling on what I accomplish in my time here on earth, let it be their floor and let it be a launching point for them to like grow and impact the kingdom of God. Because that was my biggest thing. My, I had written a personal mission statement. If you hadn't, haven't been following my, the podcasts here um, the whole time, go back and listen to some of the first episodes where I share how I took time to write a personal mission statement where it ultimately came down to, I want to help people overcome fear and confusion to live rich, purposeful lives that are attractively different. And I basically had this mindset where I want to grow the kingdom. I want my life to be impacting the kingdom until Jesus comes back. And if Jesus comes back in my lifetime, then hey, that's great. But if he doesn't, how can I create a system? How can I create something that grows the kingdom and that is impactful for the kingdom even when I'm gone? And what I realized is that the only way to do that is through legacy, is through my kids, that I need to teach them ways, teach them systems, teach them mindsets on how to grow the kingdom of God and how to impact the kingdom of God and for them to pass that down onto their kids. And that can happen indefinitely. And so there was this idea that I had in my mind of like, okay, I want to be all in for the kingdom. I want to impact it. And I want to be part of how God is growing his kingdom. But I don't know how to do that. And so I had walked in obedience. We were, we were full-time entrepreneurs. Our, we were frustrated with each other, you know, my wife and I were. And in the middle of 2020, I was like just stressed beyond belief because I didn't know where the provision was going to come from. And we were kind of going through our savings. We dipped into some retirement accounts that being in the financial services world, I had this belief that it's like, no, I can't do that. That's wrong. And it's like, it was this visual of like everything I had worked for 
This was my source of a provider. I had saved this money. This is how I was providing for my family. And we were using some of it. And it was just like like oil falling through my fingers. And it was like, God, what is going on? And so I really pressed into what does it mean to seek first your kingdom? What is your kingdom? And God brought a pastor into our life. A friend had shared this message with us from his name is Pastor Gary Cassie. He has a church in Ohio and he also has a business and he was sharing stories about the kingdom where him and his wife had been deep, deep in debt. Like they had their power shut off multiple times and he had a similar story where he was grew up in it. He was a believer, went to seminary or Christian college and he was sold out for the kingdom. And he's like, God, I don't know what, I don't know where the disconnect is. And, and God showed him that he didn't take time to learn the kingdom. <laughs> and so Gary's like, okay, show me the kingdom. And he started, Gary started sharing these stories, how God was teaching him about the kingdom through deer hunting. And so Katie and I are listening to the, these stories and learning about these kingdom principles and they're just blowing us away where they have now the Gary and his wife, Jenica have experienced everything that you see in acts. They've seen those miracles happen in their life. People come back to life, people being healed, people, you know, being out of debt. Like they have these stories and their church has all these stories. And so I'm naturally a more cynical person. And so I was, I was listening to these stories and it's just like, can this really be true? That would the kingdom really work this way? Could it work this way? Like, what if I set my bias aside from all the negative connotation that I have from, like I said, this name it and claim it type thing where people just claim certain things and they don't do any work. And then where it just feels like a lottery where they're asking like God to be a genie in a bottle. And it's like, okay, if I set that bias aside, because Gary kept using this term, he's like, you need to be a spiritual scientist. Like if you see something happen in the Bible, you need to be asking, how did that happen? Because God is no respecter of man. God even says that he has, he's no partiality. So what he'll do for one, he'll do for another. So when when you see these stories, when you see stories of healing in the Bible, or you see stories just of radical abundance or whatever it may be, you need to be asking, how did that happen? So I started studying these parables where Jesus himself is like the kingdom of God is like, and some of those parables are like the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed where it's a small seed that gets planted in the ground and grows to be this great tree. Or the kingdom of God is like yeast and like lumps of bread where it spreads and it grows and leavens the three lumps. Or you see stories where, you know, Jesus borrows Peter's boat to like teach. And then after his teaching, he tells Peter to throw his nets over the side of a boat and there'll be a huge catch of fish. And this is coming off a night where Peter caught nothing. And yet he obeys Jesus gave him a plan and he obeyed and the fish, the catch that he brought in started sinking his boat. And so Gary's saying, you need to be asking, how did that happen? 
Or you see a story where there are five loaves and two fish and over 5,000 men in the crowd listening to Jesus teach, which that's just men. There could have been like 15, 20,000 people, like women and children, they're listening. And there are five loaves and two fish and Jesus says, feed the, feed the people. And the disciples are like, how do we do that? That'll take seven months of work. And Jesus says, what do you have? And so they give Jesus the five loaves and two fish. And Jesus multiplies it and feeds this crowd of 20,000 people. And so as a spiritual scientist, you'd be asking, how did that happen? What principles, how does that show the kingdom? Because when Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, part of that prayer is that it be on earth as it is in heaven. And so I started asking these questions. And at some point, there are so many stories where it's like, if I'm going to truly be a spiritual scientist, let's test this out. And so one of the things that Katie and I were praying for, not only was just provision through our business, but in the investments that we'd made into our business, we had done something that we'd never done before. We'd taken risk using debt. And we were going to, we were going to ask God for a plan on how to get out of debt, all debt. So we had about $60,000 left on our mortgage. The investments we made in our business was about 40,000. So we had about a hundred thousand dollars of debt that we were asking for a plan on how to pay it off. And so in our minds, it's like, okay, we can cut our budget. We can do these things. We had done Dave Ramsey's program before and with a lot of hard work, toil and sweat, maybe in 10 years, we can get out of debt if we do this plan. And yet one of the principles that we were learning through these stories is that when you invest and when you give into the kingdom, just like the disciples gave Jesus the fish and the bread, when you give into the kingdom, it can be multiplied. And so Jesus multiplied food that they had into more food. And so Kate and I were just like, okay, let's be a spiritual scientist. And we prayed for God to reveal to us someone who needed to pay off debt because we were going to give into the kingdom. We had a plan that we wanted to give some of our money to help them pay off debt, believing that God could multiply it and give us a plan to pay off our debt. So it wasn't just like we weren't expecting just all of a sudden a check of $100,000 to come in the mail, that it would be that easy. We knew that God would give us a plan or we were believing for that. But we're just praying, God, show us someone who needs to pay off debt that we can serve and, and give into your kingdom so that you can multiply it. And sure enough, the next day, a family reached out to us because they knew that I had a financial background. I was in financial services asking for advice on their finances because they wanted to pay off debt. So we prayed for God to show us someone who needed help paying off debt so that we could give to them some money, believing that God would multiply that and show us a plan on how we could pay off our debt. So we were going to bless someone else, give into his kingdom, 
believing that he would give us a plan to help us pay off our debt. And so we talked to this family and we gave them $2,000. And that was the beginning of November. That was, we wrote a check on November 3rd. So once again, we're just being spiritual scientists. We've heard all these stories of how the kingdom works. And it's like, okay, we're going to test this out. And in Mark 11, it says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer and believe that you've received, it will be yours. So part of this was activating our faith, believing that, yes, God will give us a plan and he will show us how to pay off this debt, all of it, $100,000 worth of debt, which would include our home. And so once we gave, we then started praying for a plan. And he showed us a few things that we had in our home already that could go towards paying off the debt. So the first thing he showed us was money that we had saved in retirement accounts. He said, there's money there. There's provision. Use that to pay off debt, which we didn't want to because everything in me was like, no, the the world system says don't use this money because we penalized all these things. Like even Dave Ramsey, he's a Christian. Don't use this money. Yet we were, we were so focused on being obedient. We said, okay, we'll use that money. So we used that money. The next thing he showed us was we had a second car. And so we sold our Subaru Forester out of obedience that this was part of the plan for us to like pay down this debt. The third thing he gave us in the plan was to start a business idea or start a business. He gave me this idea to help people learn how to trade in the stock market. And I went to one of my friends, um, Walden, who's been on the podcast because he's had success trading and I helped him learn. And so God gave us this idea. He provided the idea came the end of 2020, like after Christmas. And I called him and the way God had orchestrated, had all set up the, the LLC entity was already created. Walden had in his mind that there was some, at some point a course like this was going to come. So he already had a bank account for it. He already had an LLC. And it's like, we basically could start processing payments immediately because all this stuff was already created within a couple of weeks. We created a webinar presentation and within a month. So, but we've, it's been, it's been going for about six weeks as far as when the first, when we first started sharing the idea with the public and we've had over a hundred members join and for me personally, through that business idea, God has brought in over $50,000 of income. So that paid off. That was well above the 40000 of business debt that we'd incurred. And so this, this is all within a couple months. And then the next step of the plan, God was showing us to move to San Antonio to be close to Katie's family for about a year because her dad passed away at the end of 2020 and we wanted to be close to her family during this year of like grieving and she wanted to do that too. So God was showing us that moving was part of the plan. And then he orchestrated where part of the plan was to move in with her sister. They had space in their home and live with them for a year. So we then sold our home or we started to, the next part of the plan was to sell our home. And within five days of being obedient to that, our house was on the market. 
It had over 30 showings in that first weekend. And we had three offers on our home. Two of them were $10,000 above asking price. One was right at asking price. So we accepted one of those offers and were scheduled to close in our home in a couple weeks, the first, first few weeks in March, which will take care of all of our debt. So the plan that we prayed that we would receive to have our debt paid off, God showed us every step of the way. And our plans come, we're going to completely pay off our debt in four months. So in our mind, in the like toil mindset that the earth system teaches us, we're thinking, oh, this is going to take 10 to 15 years. And God's like, nope, I'm going to show you a plan where it's going to maybe be four months if you follow my plan. And then on top of that, this is what's so amazing to me. I was sitting back looking at the numbers and we're going to get about $150,000 of equity from, from our home. And he's already brought in from the business idea close to 50000 So that's $2,000. And I thought back, is, this, is he serious? Because out of faith, we invested into a family to pay off of their debt. We invested $2,000. And when you see the parable of the sower, where when you sow seed that God can return 30, 60, 100 fold. Like this is how his kingdom works. We invested 2000 into his kingdom to help a family pay off their debt, believing that he would show us a plan to pay off ours. And he multiplied what we invested in the kingdom, 2000 he multiplied that to 100 fold. And it's going to be more. But just through this one idea and this I, this time frame to pay off this debt, he multiplied that investment 100-fold. We're going to, through the business idea and through the selling of our home, to pay off our debt, which was about 100000 he would have multiplied 100-fold and we're going to have about 200000 between the two, the business idea and all the other things. It's It's about there. So God is like, being very specific in what I see in his word about how the kingdom works. We invested. We didn't even give to an organization. We gave specifically to a family. We asked for guidance. God brought people into our lives. And he multiplied that a hundredfold. Which just boggles my mind. It just blows me away. It's so cool. And I hope this is encouraging you where I had never experienced anything like this. And yet we stepped out in faith because we had heard stories. We'd heard testimonies of people saying, this is how the kingdom works. And for me, I was pushing it away because like, no, that sounds like name it and claim it. These people just want me to give to their ministry, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what if it really worked that way? What if God really did do what he says he does in his word? Where if I ask in his name that I can receive it and that there's going to be work involved, but that he will show us a plan and that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Because in this process over the last three months, it hasn't been toil and sweat and grinding. It has been hard work. Yes, there's been work 
to build and create a business and to sell our home and to move our family, but it's been effortless. When we sold our Subaru, he brought a buyer within like a day. Like it hasn't been this this grind. And so what's even more amazing is, so we're, we're sharing this story with our kids, right? And our oldest is seven. And we're sharing what we're learning and how, how God can do these amazing things. Because like I said, our goal is, if my goal is to impact the kingdom of God until Jesus comes back, that may require me teaching this to like my kids and having it expand. So we're sharing these stories and how God is doing amazing things and um, how we can ask for a plan and God will like reveal us this plan. And our, our seven-year-old's like, well, I would like a new video game and I have $30. Can I give to the kingdom and ask for a plan? <laughs> and so this really test, tested our faith, right? And so we're like, sure, buddy. So he took his $30, we gave it to an organization that we support, and then asked for a plan. And nothing came for about two weeks. And he was bummed. And we're, Katie's diligent in prayer asking for a plan. And Texas has this snowstorm, this where people lose power lose water. Everyone's just trying to survive. And Katie's praying and the spirit gives her this plan to say, make muffins, make a lot of muffins, share them with their neighbors, let them know what he's doing and let people know that they can donate if they want. So she made over a hundred muffins, her and Noah together, created this Facebook post sharing people that we want to bless them, bring these muffins. Noah has this idea. And keep in mind, he needs about $50 for a Switch game, Nintendo Switch game. And through the muffins, giving them to people, people donated $52. And Noah was jacked up. Noah was pumped. He was so excited to go buy his game. And so it was, it was just another story for us of like, God is no respecter of man. He wants to give us the desires of our heart. Even Noah's desire for a switch game where it's one thing for me to be like, Oh, I want to pay off debt. For some reason that desire feels more holy than enjoying a switch game. But it was the same thing it was the same principles. God showed us he's no respecter of man. And Noah gave his money, $30, put it into the kingdom for it to be multiplied and to bless others. And God gave us this plan to say, I see you, Noah. I love you. I'm excited to give you good gifts. And so I hope these stories encourage you. And I hope they encourage you to if if there's some resistance of like no way that's that's not possible or if it rubs you the wrong way like that's fine cuz i was there i felt the same way 
Yet I want to encourage you to be that spiritual scientist. When you see these stories, when you hear parables, when Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like a man who finds a treasure in the field and goes and sells everything, buys that field. Or the kingdom of God is like a merchant who is looking for pearls of great value. And when he comes across one, he sells everything to go buy it. Or when, when Peter and Jesus need to pay their temple tax and Jesus gives them a plan to go catch a fish and pulls money out of his mouth to pay the temple tax. Like what if, what if it required a plan from the spirit, from God, that was work? Yes, but it was effortless. It wasn't this hard toil and sweat that Satan wants you to think that this is how it works, that the, the earth curse system of like, we must grind and do this. What if God's kingdom, what if Jesus truly meant that he came to give us life and give it abundantly and that his yoke is easy and his burden is light? What if that were true? I want to, I want you that to encourage you. Because think about the ripple effect that it can have on your family and the generations that come behind you. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please rate the show, subscribe, and or leave a review. The ratings and review help make the show better as well as get more exposure to help more people. Remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. Go rule that assignment, serve his people, and be blessed.